Hello, welcome to the filmpulse.net podcast. This is episode number 104. My name is Adam. Today we have Kevin with us. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing okay. Good. <laughs> uh, today we'll be going over some of what we've been watching before having Film Pulse contributor Ernie Trinidad back on the show for a feature review of the Lego movie. And finally, we'll be going over this week's movie predictions, new on VOD and DVD and Blu-ray releases. First up, Let's go ahead and jump into what we've been watching. I'll start it off this week. First movie I want to talk about is a, a comedy called Awful Nice. This came out at South by last year. We didn't get a chance to see it, but I'm finally uh, finally getting a chance to see it now. I I thought that this was really funny. Now you're going to be reviewing this uh, in a couple weeks, I guess. But it's basically about two brothers that. They're they're kind of estranged. They're estranged. Their father dies, and they inherit this lake house. Um, and they decide that they want to just sell the lake house. And but the, first, they need to fix it up. So they they decide to do it themselves. And it's basically just about the the crazy shit that they get into while trying to fix up this lake house and try to not kill each other in the process. Yeah. And it's extremely funny. Like I was. I was just rolling over some of the stuff that happens in this movie. I'm not going to get into it like in detail because I'm not sure that it's out yet. But now is it? I I'm trying to remember this movie from South by. Is this does an Alonzo Morning Card play a part in this? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that the one? <laughs> yeah, this okay. is the the director okay. Todd Sklar actually made a short film uh, that. Got into this, got into the whole Alonso morning. Has ninety two skybox on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there's there's tons of uh, stuff like that in in this movie where the one brother is trying to find his Alonso morning rookie card so he can sell it, and the other brother finds it and burns it. <laughs> and then there's there's like one scene where he sends him out to get supplies, and he comes back with. Tiki torches and sombreros and a Virtual Cop Two arcade machine. Uh, uh, I also noticed that the sea otter is in this movie, so mm-hmm. pretty pretty amped up. Yep, and Stabler's yeah. in it. Yes, he is. That's Stabler. It's a uh, it's a weird this... movie, but it's it's kind of irreverent, I guess. It's just really quirky and fun, and the dialogue is just amazing. Just the weird shit that happens in this movie is incredible. I'm looking forward to this one. And these brothers hate each other so much. Like, they'll just randomly burst into fist fights, and it's it's so funny. So I definitely recommend that. I want to I start off by talking about a movie that I wasn't able to watch, because I didn't, I didn't get to talk to this with you. Uh, Don John. I tried yeah. to watch Don John. That didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> what didn't do you mean? Work. It, it didn't <laughs> it just, work? just didn't work for me. I think I made it, like, 10 minutes. And I just, I honestly, I paused the film and I asked myself this question. Do I want to spend an hour and a half with these people? And the answer was an emphatic no. So I turned it off. Well, they smoked a cigarette and then did something else. And it's not to say that it's a bad movie. It's not, it's not a bad movie. It's just, I just couldn't spend time with those people. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, they, they are kind of uh, caricatures, but and it's just with the, the sounds of their voices too. It's just like, no, nah, mm-mm. <laughs> Nope. Not into the Jersey accent. <laughs> Not doing this. I'm sorry. 
just can't do it. Can't. I tried. And I'm not saying it's a bad film because in in the 10 minutes that I did see, it seemed like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was pretty much nailing that character, the character that he was playing. But I just I couldn't take that for an hour and a half. So I just had to stop it. Hmm. That sucks. Just had, I had to turn it off. Couldn't do it. Plus, I'm just getting tired of sex addicts. Yeah. It's played out, son. I'm still interested in Nymphomaniac. I'm sex addicts. That comes out next month, so... Um, I saw one that I don't recommend called Lust for Love. This is a romantic comedy with... Is it about sex addicts? No. Sounds like it would be. I know it does, right? But it's it's not. It's it's your pretty typical rom-com where there's this this guy who ends up uh, dating... He, he ends up dating the girl of his dreams that he's loved since he was five years old. And then they go, she, she dumps him and Uh he has this uh, friend who tries to help him get back on the dating horse, so to speak. And like, she tries to give him tips on dating and he tries it out and it's, it's nothing's working because he's being kind of a douche. Like he's lying to women and, and just being a complete dick. And then he realizes like, you know, I'm a really sweet, sensitive guy, and I need to just be myself. I need to be honest. Uh-huh. So he is, and then he starts getting the chicks. What? He starts getting, pulling them in. Starts pulling in the chicks. Oh, man. But then, of course, the ex comes back into the picture, and she's like, oh, uh-huh. I want to give us another shot. Oh, shit. But then he realizes, like, you know what? I was I'm in not- love with my friend the whole yeah. time. I'm, I'm- I'm too good for you. I was in love with my friend that was giving me the tips the whole oh, time. Oh You've never seen that happen before. Yeah, so never. it's just a super, this, super cliched, typical romantic comedy. Fresh. Yeah, it sounds fresh. This is uh, directed by Anton King, and it stars Fran Kranz, and it also stars two other people from the Joss Whedon show Dollhouse. So it's a bit of a little... A dollhouse reunion of sorts. Right. So if you're into dollhouse, you might want to check it out. But I just, and rom-coms. I just didn't like it. My full review is up on the site. You can check it out there. This sounds awful. Manila I folder. No, I want no part of it. A movie that was slightly a manila folder was In a World. Mm. Like Bell's debut. Yeah, like I've this, been meaning to one. watch this. I just haven't got around to it yet. Well, it, it sucks you in with this whole... Uh, you know, movie trailer voiceover community, which is where it's set. Uh, Blake Bell is the main character, obviously, and she's trying to break into that world, which is, you know, obviously it's male dominated. And her father is actually like the biggest one now that, um, uh, what's his name? Don LaFontaine is gone. And it's all about they're, they're going to bring back the words in a world to movie trailers. And it's all about who's going to get the job. And it's, oddly enough, it doesn't focus on the voice trailer stuff at all. Yeah, really. that's what I heard. It's, it's, just, it's just sort of in there for no reason, really. And it's more about, like, relationships, like Lake Bell's sister um, sort of has a tough time with her husband, which is played by Rob Corddry. And it's about them, like, trying to get back together and work things over and smooth things out. And, of course, uh, Lake Bell does some voice work at one of these studios and Dimitri Martin's like the head guy and he's in love with like Bell and it's all so quirky and 
<laughs> awkward, and they're trying to get together. And Ken Marino's a douchebag, which he's excellent at doing. But he's also he's like the up and coming voiceover talent, and it's just it's pretty pretty standard uh, by the book type deal, which is unfortunate. I thought it was going to be different, but it's just a, a lot of the same stuff that you've seen over and over again. Well, here's I wanted to add this. Like, I'm okay with some of the the standard kind of rom com tropes as long as it's done well. You know, like as long as the the dialogue's good, mm-hmm. it's funny. Like, I'm I'm okay with some of the kind of typical things. Was there, it the dialogue? Seems like it'd be decent. It's okay. I mean, most of the comedy comes from Dimitri Martin and his character, but for the most part, it is it's pretty disappointing comedy wise. Uh, there is one thing that Blake Bell does, a, a topic that she brings up, which is the sexy baby vocal virus, which I don't know if you remember like when this movie came out and she was doing all the press for it. That was like the main thing that she would talk about in all of her interviews. So it, it feels like this movie pretty much exists just for her to discuss that topic, which is that weird female voice. Mm-hmm. That the general population seems to have nowadays, especially the ones that wear Uggs. <laughs> yeah. And like a, a lot of those bits work really well because, I mean, for me, this that whole voice is the most bizarre thing that I've ever experienced in my life. I don't understand it at all. It baffles me. And I find that very interesting. But everything else is just so humdrum and just, it's not that good. Humdrum. I was just really disappointed. I thought it was going to be hilarious. Not so much. Well, I have one that it's it's not out yet, so I can't really talk about what I liked or disliked about it, but I do want to kind of plug it. It's a documentary called Our Vinyl Weighs a Ton. This is Stone's Throw Records. So it's a, it's a documentary about the, the big hip-hop label, Stone's Throw. And as a huge fan of that label, I was really into the idea of this documentary. And it kind of goes over the history and it, it kind of follows Peanut Butter Wolf around and it talks to a lot of the artists on Stone's Throw, past and present. And it just really gets into kind of the history behind this uh, really kind of prolific independent hip hop label. And rather than kind of talking about what I thought about it, it is premiering at South By this year. And I wanted to mention that they're doing a, a tour where they're going to be hitting up a bunch of cities and doing a sneak preview of the film as well as um, doing performances by various Stone's Throw artists. So head over to our site and we have all the tour dates listed there and check it out because I think that that would be really... The, the, the tour starts on the 26th of this month, so you should definitely check that out. And, if you're, and if you're heading to Austin... For South by, I would highly recommend seeing it there as well. I want to see this so much. Yeah, I was looking for something animated. For some reason, I've been on like an animated kick and just light and entertaining. And I found it in Paranorman. Yeah, which I, I realize is an odd time to watch this movie, but fuck it, I did it anyways. And my god, this movie is fantastic. I the stop motion animation from what's the the company Ly- called Lyca. Lyca? I th- yeah, Laika, uh, Coraline, Paranorman, and... Box Trolls? That's the new one coming out. Yeah. I just, the attention to detail that these guys have is 
unbelievable. Have Such you? A... Sorry, have you seen the new trailer for Box Trolls where they I, they they, sh- they do the the whole world in his hands uh, song with all this behind the scenes footage on how they did it? It's incredible. You have to see it. I'm gonna have to check that out. And one of the biggest things for me for with Paranorman, uh, outside of the beautiful, fully realized world that everything takes place in, is the lighting. I mean, it's not often that animated films you see such brilliant use of lighting. Mm-hmm. Or even the cinematography, really. It, I mean, which is also fantastic in Paranorman. But usually there's just so much focus put into the animation itself that they don't really, they really don't do anything outside of that. Yeah. You know, the camera's just sort of their tableau shot type deal. But the the way everything plays out in Paranoia is fantastic. I mean, it, it the story's fantastic, and I love all the sort of sight gags and references throughout. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you go down, like, the trip down memory lane of, like, your childhood. Oh, yeah. Of, of all the horror movies and everything, which is great. And the the ending, I thought, was fantastic. Like, the whole film, I was like, man, this is really great. The attention to detail, it's beautiful. But that whole ending sequence between <laughs> Norman and Aggie, oh, my God, that was that was mind-blowing. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to rewatch this. I really want to see this again. One that I do not recommend, this will be the last one I talk about this week, is a film called Nurse, <laughs> a.k.a. Nurse 3D. So, mm-hmm. I had... I didn't really have any kind of expectations for this movie, uh, but I noticed that it had a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, huh, well, maybe it's uh, like, you know, just kind of B-movie exploitation fun. You know, and I I like that kind of stuff. Uh, So I watched it. This is available on demand, so you can rent it. Um, And boy, boy, was I (sighs) regretting that, regretting that purchase. Oh, what? It is not. It is terrible. Paz de la Huerta is a terrible actress. I'm sorry, but she is awful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all the acting in this movie is so bad. And that's that's okay. I mean, in a movie like this, you don't expect it to be good. But where it got me was the story was ridiculous. There were so many holes in the logic. Judd Nelson's in it, and he's awful. Uh, Don't you ever say that about (laughs) Judd Nelson. (laughs) Kidding me? He's so bad in it, and um, dare you? The gore, you know, with a movie like this, you expect two things: you expect a lot of sex, and you expect a lot of gore. Mm -hmm. And it does have a lot of sex, a lot of full frontal nudity in this, but the gore part of it is awful. Like it's all CG, and it looks so bad. There are so many because I watched it at home, so I didn't get to see it in 3D. So there's so many like in your face, like, hey, this is 3D, like reminding you that you're watching a 3D movie where there's like, you know, somebody hits a a table and a bunch of like surgical instruments come flying out at the screen. And there's a scene where she jams scissors through somebody's throat and it like comes out and sticks out. But it looks so bad because it's all done in this really cheap looking CG. It is terrible. This sounds awful. Yeah. Now the full frontal that you're talking about is that mostly Kathleen Turner? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> It'd be amazing. <laughs> oh man, if it was if it was just full frontal Kathleen Turner, that would not that would probably bump it up like two stars. No, it's not. 
Pastilla Huerta gets uh, there's she's naked a whole bunch in it. Surprise. Yeah, big surprise it's... there. But she's just so <clears throat> awful, dude. Like yeah, I don't she's... even understand how she how yeah, they she... can. Oh, it's just so bad. How yeah, she works. I mean, it's not even, like, good on a bad level. Like, I think that maybe that's why people are, our critics are giving it a higher score because it's just, you know, they're like, oh, it's just, you know, B-movie fun. It's just a classic exploitation film. But it's it's bad. It's a bad exploitation film. Like, it's not going to be one that stands the test of time that 20 years from now, people are going to be going back and watching it. No, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be doing that. The interesting thing is, is before we came in to record, I was actually watching Enter the Void while my wife was watching, which has Paz in it, and that movie sucks. I hate that movie. I really do hate that movie. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, the first 30 minutes is like top scale uh, Windows Media Player visualizations, and then the guy dies, and then he floats around, there's a shit ton of neon signs. First thing he does is watch his sister have sex, and then there's like another sex scene, and then there's more sex, and then there's sex again. A lot of drugs ne- too. And then there's neon signs, and then there's sex, and then neon signs. And I'm just like, what the fuck is the point of this? I do not like that movie at all. And I think I had a seizure at one point. <laughs> so I do not suggest watching Enter the Void. That was a piece of shit. I watched Badlands. Finally saw Badlands. Finally saw Badlands, and I'm not a big fan of Malik. Like, I respect this movie, but I just I didn't really like it that much. I, I liked Badlands a lot. I, I can't take his structure, like his, the way his voiceover. I mean, right off the bat, I hate voiceover. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, the fact that he uses it almost endlessly throughout the film. I mean, there's not really that much dialogue between characters outside of the voiceover narration except in the in badlands probably has the most with martin sheen as kit mm-hmm. but i thought sissy spacek was terrible just absolutely awful uh, and oddly enough the cinematography didn't impress me which is usually like the only silver lining to his films i'm like well at least it looks gorgeous but this one neither outside of like the house burning down when they did that i loved that scene and the when he's driving the Cadillac through the dirt fields and then when there's the the car chase at the end with the cops I like the shooting in that but outside of those two scenes it just nothing really struck me I liked it I loved the the music though the soundtrack was fantastic agree especially especially the the xylophone pieces they were they were perfect reminded me of uh, true romance yeah oh yeah like you could definitely in in true romance it's like you could definitely <laughs> see the influence there. Yeah, he should definitely see them. He should, he should have seen them. I mean, he just told that shit outright. But then again, he just... I mean, it's pretty much Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. But outside of that, I, I thought this was going to be the one. Because it seems like everyone loves Badlands. I do. I gave it a 10 out of 10, so... I thought I remember you giving this a 10 out of 10. And I was I was all amped up, and I was like, "This is going to be the one. This is going to be the one that does it." And I'm going to be like, "Malik is awesome," and I'm more like, "Malik is meh." Well, I'm not a huge Malik fan either, so I just I can't take that philosopher poet voiceover. Well, yeah, see, I can't I can't take it. It worked for me in Badlands. Like 
it didn't work for me. It definitely didn't work for me in To the Wonder, and it kind of worked, but not 100% in Tree of Life, but... Yeah, I, w- I will say that I think this is the the best that it that it has worked. Okay. Now, I do need to see Thin Red Line, because I remember thoroughly enjoying that one. I like but that it's one, been, yeah. but, but it's been yeah. so long. Like, I can't remember any of the kind of voiceover philosophical stuff in that. Yeah. Or, even, or even if it exists in that. I, I seem to remember there was like a scene on like a beach or maybe in a field or probably both. In oh, that I'm movie. sure there was a field. <laughs> there has to be a field. I just, the, the, the good thing about Badlands, I guess, is the voiceover didn't contain, since this being his first film, it didn't have a lot of that uh, pseudo poetry BS in there. That is, yeah, know, it was more like, like to the just wonder a, has, yeah. which is just like nonstop, and you're just rolling your eyes at like every single line. Like, are you kidding me? Instead yeah. of moonbeam, oh <laughs> god, I respect it, but I didn't, I didn't really like it. All right, anything else for you this week? No, that's about it. All right, uh, let's go ahead and bring uh, Ernie on here. Ernie, thanks so much for coming back on the show. How you doing, sir? I am doing good. Doing good. How you doing? Good. So we're talking about the Lego movie. Uh, This is playing in theaters now, directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Stars a ridiculous number of people. Uh, Will Arnett, Elizabeth Banks, Chris Pratt plays the the main character of Emmett. Will Ferrell is the villain. Allison Brie is also in it. Charlie Day. And a huge number of cameos are in this. Now, I have a review up on the site, so we'll start with you, Ernie. What did you think of the Lego movie? I was a bit uh, trepidatious about going into this one because I knew there's been a a plethora of direct-to-video Lego movies that were basically TV level that I never bothered to see. So I was uh, hoping that at least it would be smart and funny for adults, and fortunately it it did turn out that way. It was actually really amusing and tongue-in-cheek and it wasn't afraid of taking shots at itself and um it was just a fun time yeah it was it was a movie that was entirely it was almost like it was better than it had to be like it was a movie where they could have easily just made it a cg lego movie with a generic plot but i feel like they just went the extra mile uh i mean first of all it's like 90 percent done with legos like actual stop motion which i right. thought which i thought was incredible like that to me the animation looked amazing uh especially on the really like detailed things like um the one thing that really impressed me a lot was the water like the scene when they were in the ocean i was just like how did they uh, on the ocean or under the ocean well i guess the main thing that i was thinking of was like the waves how like when yeah they, the, the when waves they were, themselves really were pretty impressive yeah like when they were first on top of the ocean i thought that that looked awesome and just all of the the detail that went into creating this world like the the city and just everything about it looked so good and it was really impressive like so that's like the first thing but on a story level i was really impressed with just the story in general how it incorporated the whole concept of legos you know like using the instructions to to build the kit versus just using your own imagination and creating something new. And I like how right. that they they kind of took that concept and put it into the movie where, you know, the villain, 
Will Ferrell's character is trying to make everyone follow the instructions and conform to his idea of what everything should be like and uh, how there's this, you know, group of master builders that want to play by their own rules and deviate from the instructions. And I, I like that whole concept. I think that that was, it was a movie that was a lot more deep than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And there's, mm-hmm. there's something I want to get into in spoilers that, that I feel added a whole new level that occurred near the end, but right. I'm going to save that. Um, as far as the comedy, what did, what did you think of the, the comedic aspects of it? Um, not necessarily in your face, which is good. It's just like little, little bits, like little bits of humor that may go over a kid's head or something or or just stuff that, uh, adults would appreciate. Yeah. Or not even to tap at the nostalgic value of playing with Legos. I mean, granted when I was a kid, Legos were pretty generic. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any of these, uh, elaborate set pieces or, or like set designs that you buy in packages. Just like you just, here's your, here's your bucket. Here's your Lego block. Go play. That's all I had when I was a kid. Yeah, and um, I I made do with that. I remember making my fair share of spaceships and mm-hmm. castles and whatnot. But um, yeah, but as I, uh, I, I loved how they incorporated everything of the universe from the past to the present, and, uh, basically just creating the the Lego universe. And it's and I did see it in three D, so it, the three D really helped. So it's really added to the the depth of the actual sets themselves. Yeah, and I, I did like how a lot of the humor was was based on on dialogue like i thought that morgan freeman was really funny in this mm-hmm. and i thought that chris pratt was funny pretty much everybody all the characters were funny i i loved the whenever superman and green lantern would be on there channing tatum and jonah hill i thought that right. <laughs> all those little scenes involving them were funny the fact that they had the 2002 nba all-stars with Shaq, i thought was hilarious <laughs> um but yeah. they did they did use a lot of kind of visual gags i mean they we were always aware that this was lego and they they had fun with the fact that these are lego blocks so a lot of the humor mm. was based on things happening so, with yeah, the legos yeah. yeah also the restrictions of the uh of the characters like yeah uh, right in the open right in the opening few minutes when we you meet Emmett and he's getting ready for his morning <laughs> and uh, if you play with those little mini mini men then you know exactly that's all they can do and that's yeah <laughs> and basically when he's doing his exercises all he does is what his character his design can do <laughs> it was just very funny yeah and, and like i like the fact that they they could spin their heads around and look behind them and stuff like that and just just all the little things and just the the concept of just building uh different vehicles and stuff like that. And I like how Emmett's big design was the, the, the double decker couch, <laughs> which as a kid sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, not, not too practical. <laughs> I thought that, uh, Batman had a much bigger role than I expected. Uh, mm-hmm. and I thought that Will Arnett did a good Batman voice. And I thought that he was funny. I like the fact that they were kind of poking fun at, at uh, the DC characters too, which I didn't, I didn't expect, you know, DC to be so willing to sign off on, on them making, essentially making fun of these characters. Mm -hmm. And I like that. And just the ridiculous amount of cameos. I mean, we have like Lord of the Rings characters, Harry Potter, Star Wars, uh, Millhouse from the Simpsons is in this. Yeah, just even uh, Michelangelo from Terminator. Yeah, uh, not Tur- uh, Turtles. Yeah, just so, so many 
cameos in this Abraham Lincoln, which was, mm-hmm. was pretty funny, uh, who was voiced by Will Forte in a very small role. Uh, I liked Nick Offerman as the pirate Metalbeard. Yeah, uh, Liam Neeson was actually pretty funny as good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I, li- I liked that whole thing. He was... I loved it when he turned into the good cop. His voice. Was, <laughs> it was like, is that really decent? I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just a fun movie. And, and I think that it's, it is a movie that appeals to adults and children. There's a lot of like kind of goofy visual things that kids can like, but a lot of the dialogue was actually really smart. And yeah. I think that that's something that adults can like, especially because most people these days, no matter what age you are, played with Legos at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. And like I was really into Legos, so the, you know the the nostalgia factor was pretty high up there for me. Right, right. Um, it really, um, it obviously on the surface it looks like it's a basically a blatant toy commercial, but it it doesn't flaunt that aspect of it, like say a GoBots movie or, or, or a Transformers movie, the, the animated ones, and um, clearly just selling the toys. But it's like all these toys are already out there. But mm-hmm. they basically embrace the movie embraces that and says, "Go play." Yeah, it's like yeah, and they they even kind of poke fun at themselves for having so many different kits. There was that one the the one scene when Morgan Freeman was talking about all the different kits and stuff, and they showed like mm-hmm. all the ones that weren't included in the movie and stuff. I thought that that was right. That was funny and, too, and and they even took jibes at ones that apparently failed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, ones we don't even need to mention. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that that was funny. They showed that, uh, what was the one bionicle or something that was like one of those failed Lego. Yeah. I thought ideas. that was just uh direct to video, uh, movies now or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's all. That was after my time. So I'm not sure what that was all about, but it, it did. It, it's funny. Cause it, it was a good movie. And it did make me want to go out and buy some Legos, though. Like that, it, mm-hmm. as a marketing ploy, it, it totally worked on me. Because after I got home, I was looking up Lego kits online. <laughs> yeah, I would probably invest in the uh, Super Star Destroyer Lego set or something. They did the. Uh, they just came out with the Simpsons house, and that's that's one that I want. But it's really expensive. I think <laughs> the the Simpsons house would be cool. They're also coming out with an Ecto One from Ghostbusters, which I would love to have but cool. uh let's uh let's just go ahead and jump into some spoilers because th- that's the other thing I, the big thing i wanted to talk about so we'll put the link uh the time code in the show notes we're in a spoiler section now so if you haven't seen the movie yet you don't want to be spoiled just go ahead and fast forward this um the the big thing that i wanted to talk about spoiler wise was the end uh when <clears throat> when emmett goes through the portal and ends up in the real world right and i thought that this was such an interesting uh, dynamic that they added because it to me it changed it changed the whole dynamic of the movie because once you realize that everything that we saw previously was a kid you know it was essentially in a kid's imagination playing with his dad's Lego city and then his dad who's played by Will Ferrell comes down and starts yelling at him and stuff it it made me realize like okay the uh, what's his name? President or Lord Business is the father, and Emmett is the son, and it just added this whole new layer onto the film for me, mm. and it turned it into this kind of father-son story, and 
I thought that it was so impressive that they did that. And I, I just, I loved it when they did that. Yeah. I think, um, the toy story films, I can't remember if they did it in the first one, but I think in the second and third one, the opening was basically Andy's imagination mm-hmm. played out with his, uh, toys. And I remember how in like, there's a progression. There's like, Oh yeah. And two, you could see, I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's very much how a kid would play. And then, and the third one, the opening is like it was more more violent. It's like, yeah, I can totally see how that's a ten year old's imagination acting right. out now. They they grew up and it's more violent, and that thought was in my head as the film was progressing. As they start dropping little little uh, nuggets of like talking about the master and and the the, the guy upstairs and right, um, yeah, and then it pretty much cemented it to me when uh, um, I guess since we're in the spoiler section when. Um, Morgan Freeman's character is killed off by the president and then his ghost appears on a string. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, Oh, so so immediately I knew that we were in visual, the visualization of the child's imagination, which as soon as I saw this, where they were going, I was like, that is cool. Yeah. It was like, you never really, not many films actually you were able to tap in and capture the kid's imagination and let it play out. Cause you can see how looking back, you look at it. It's like, yeah, I can see how that, cause you're watching. It's like, yeah, this plot seems kind of, kid-friendly generic and then then you realize because it's basically plotted by a child right exactly so and i I just love how you know we we then get to see like the entire city in in the real world and mm -hmm. you know will ferrell seeing at first he's angry because he he's one of these adults that just has all these toys and doesn't let their kids play with them and Mm -hmm. he realizes that his son made these incredible things out of out of these blocks and he realizes that he should be letting his kid play with it after he sees all the really cool stuff that he made and then Mm -hmm. he kind of embraces that creativity and i i just thought that that was such a kind of a touching moment but also just extremely well done Mm -hmm. i had my own personal moment of lego president business (laughs) uh when i was back home playing with my nephew and he just opened up his uh um star wars episode one lego pod racer set and we we're starting to put it together i was following the instructions and he was just putting them in haphazardly together i'm like oh no that's supposed to go there that's supposed to go yeah <laughs> and i was like let's watch something he's like oh, i hope he made his own pod racer <laughs> <laughs> instead of following the instructions probably better than the original <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a really interesting message. And that was kind of always the message of Lego. You know, it's like they include instructions in the kit and you could follow mm-hmm. the instructions and build what's in the box, but you never have to. And they never, they never try to say, okay, well, this is what you need to do. You can just do your own thing. And that's almost yeah. just as, as important as creating, you know, whatever's on the box. Yeah. Yeah. It basically really uh, undermines the, uh, the importance of creativity saying is like, don't be held back by what everybody wants. Just do your thing, no matter how stupid. Yeah. And then, um, that really ties in with the very, very end where, um, what the dad says is like, you know, your sister's going to get to play down here now. (laughs) And then, and then the, the whacked out kitty Legos come in, uh, babbling some unknown baby talk. Yeah. (laughs) And as I just started dying laughing at that point, and I guess they are going to be 
they're already working on the sequel, I guess now. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's what I heard. Continue. Yeah. But I was I was just really impressed when they made that switch over into like the real world and stuff. And I mean, we know from the beginning that it's it is sort of in the real world because they have real world items in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they have mm-hmm. coins and the craggle, which yeah, <laughs> I love how yeah, they... I especially love how they the poorly pronounced uh, names given to other uh, real world items. Like a an exacto knife is the the was it the sword of exact o or something like that or exact zero that's what it was sword of exact zero or something yeah i, I love that and, and the, the, the crazy and the, uh, that they call the crag <laughs> and the band-aid what do they think it's like the ban aida yeah <laughs> the re- they, they call them relics relics that they uh that they find that are like real world items and the uh the nail polish remover <laughs> uh, stuff like that yeah so we know and, we know uh, that it is based in the real world but once they switch over into the actual real world i thought that, that was just incredible uh and, any um, other kind of spoiler e things you want to talk about yeah I, I was not expecting the star wars cameo at all oh yeah I, that's uh, right i wanted i to... knew i knew that the dc characters are in there and then based on what you saw in the trailer you kind of knew who was in there but i didn't know any other cameos that might have been in there so when the, when the falcon comes flying in i just started laughing and then Chewie, 3PO, Han and Lando came out. It's like I I could tell that wasn't Harrison Ford, but obviously um it was Billy D. Williams yeah. is pretty clear. It was that, Billy and D. Anthony Williams. Daniels. Yeah. Yep. And, and Anthony Daniels mm-hmm. were, were there doing their voices. I thought it was great. I think just, that, uh, Yeah, I, I think the fact that even in Lego form, seeing Batman jump into the Millennium Falcon was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> to come back and saying it's like, yeah, it turns out they were all <laughs> they're dudes. all dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was funny. Yeah, there were but, there um, were a lot of kind of adult uh, adult humor things in there that I really liked. I thought it was just really funny. But at the same time, you know, I saw it in a theater full of kids, and the kids were loving mm-hmm. it. Like they were just they were eating it up. So yeah, it was it was kind of amusing at the screening I went to with friends of mine, and the kids were like all in the back, and the entire it was funny just. I wish I took a picture, but the entire row that I was in, all adults. <laughs> it's like we all separated ourselves from the children. So, and then uh, it's like that helped. <laughs> yeah, I liked. Uh, I also liked Charlie Day as the 1980s spaceman. I thought he was he was really funny, especially <laughs> yeah, his, the end. His, uh, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, end when they sure. finally let him make a spaceship, <laughs> and he just and kept his cry, screaming his cry it was spaceship. I, I thought that that was great. I, I just. I loved it. I can't wait for the sequel. I thought it was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, I also loved how they used the schematic and uh, when they were building their whatevers and they just looked around it's like, and they saw the part and you see the part label. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and you just start cracking up. It's like, oh, yeah, I need part 300-6728. Yep. It's like, yep, there you go. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like that too, how they could like visual, the, all the master builders could like visualize and see all the part numbers and stuff. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, what was the, the, the block of was it the block of restriction? Uh, the, the piece of resistance. The piece of resistance. I I'm assuming that was was that the cap. It was the to cap the, to the crazy uh, glue. It was the cap to the because yeah. I always remember the crazy glue was a round cap. Yeah. No. It was. Uh, yeah. It was this. Uh, some crazy glue has a round cap, but that one hmm. has a square cap. Any uh, any other spoilers before we jump out of this? Um. 
No, none that I can think of except be prepared to find yourself every now and then saying everything is awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That song's been stuck in my head since I saw this movie. And I hate it. Yeah. It was yeah, awesome. I was like, oh, everything is awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, we're out of spoilers now, so welcome back. Yeah. One of the, I guess, going back to the the animation, uh, I like how like even the water was animated in Lego, and and the fire as well. How mm-hmm. it was the like the plastic, the actual pieces. pieces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought that that was that was great. And yeah, uh, I, I read that they did use some CGI, but they wanted the blended so perfectly that you can't tell yeah, which parts too. the actual stop motion and which are the actual CGI moments. So you can't I like, I, I was looking for it because I did read yeah. that too, before I saw the movie and I couldn't, I couldn't pick it out at all. I would imagine that the parts uh, the scenes that are like really heavy in characters and action and, and, uh, and um, effects like the, uh, like when the, like the like firefights and the shootouts, yeah. and explosions and whatnot. Like maybe those, or maybe probably. But, um, well, either way, they did an amazing job with it. Like yeah. it was really hard to tell any kind of CG apart from actual Lego pieces, which I think mm-hmm. is, I mean, that that's like a, a huge thing though, because like in, in all those other straight to DVD Lego movies, they're all done in CG and there's always parts of it that don't feel like they're actually Lego. You know, like the way that the characters mm. move and things like that. And the fact that they, I, I feel like it was kind of a risky move to make an entire movie out of Legos. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems like a pretty huge undertaking. And uh, I, I really think that yeah. doing yeah. it like that is was great. Yeah, for a first stop motion movie, I mean, it's uh, not do people like uh, just animating the figures, but having to build these things and constantly changing them for every frame. That's that's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty ambitious project. I mean, there's there's some huge action scenes in this movie. I mean, it's definitely not a dull movie. I mean, there's like giant action set pieces that are happening. I mean, there's like like uh, air battles and mm-hmm. everything. There's just so much destruction happening, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It just makes you want to uh, make sure want to find like a Lego, not go to Lego Land, but just find a place with those like displays of Lego built creations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty much all I have. I actually gave this a nine out of ten. Uh, what are you going to give it out of ten? Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay, solid. Uh, any final thoughts on the Lego Movie? I feel like there was a couple other things that I missed, but. You can read my review in full. Um, I would just say that um, for a kid's film, don't just because it's a kid's film, don't like feel like you don't need to go see it. I mean, it's definitely one to see in the theater and in 3D. And um, there's no shame if you're the lone adult in the theater because obviously <laughs> at, some, at some point you were a Lego kid. So it's, yeah. it's, all, it's all good. Yeah, definitely. And just it's almost worth seeing just for the ridiculous amount of cameos as well like i don't mm-hmm. i think there were probably some that we didn't mention i don't think we mentioned elizabeth banks what did you think of her as wild style um no, she was fine and i even if i didn't know who it was her i wouldn't have known it was her i would think it was some other like teen actor or something or yeah but uh, but she was actually pretty funny 
Yeah, I thought she was fine. Um, Allison Brie as Unikitty. I thought that she was pretty huh. funny, especially yeah, when she loses she it. Yeah. I thought that was that was great. But uh, there you have it. Lego movie. Definitely check it out. It's it's absolutely worth seeing in the theater. So hmm. all right. Thank you very much, Ernie. Uh, you have a good one and we'll have you back uh, probably very soon, actually. Yep, Oscars are just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have you back for Robocop because Kevin's refusing to see that too. So all right. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Let's go over some predictions. Last week, we said The Monuments Men. I said 55. You said 60. Actual 33. Mm. Mm. I had a feeling that it was not going to be well received. Well, the, the whole thing with that, when they pushed the release date back and Clooney said it was something wasn't coming together properly, that had me a little worried. Yeah. It was supposed to come out in December, I think. Uh, Lego Movie. I said 86. You said 88. Actual 97. I'm actually pretty, pretty jazzed up for this one. Oh, you should be. You should I think be I'm jazzed. I'm, wait, I'm waiting to take my nephews to this one. Yeah, they'll love it. You'll love it. It'll be a great time. Vampire Academy. I said 18. You said six. Actual 11. Mm. Oh, yes. Should be lower. But I don't know I'll why I said it. 86 in the Lego movie. That was stupid. Yeah. Idiot. idiot. Oh. And then you followed up with what? You said 18 for Vampire Academy? Yeah. You stupid yeah. son of a bitch. I don't know. That one seemed that one seems <laughs> more normal. Eleven. <laughs> Next week we have Robocop. Um mm. Yay. I think that this is gonna be really bad. It's gonna be terrible. I'm gonna say forty one. And that's generous, I think. I'm going thirty six. Uh we also have Winter's Tale. It's that delightful uh Time travel romance. As yeah. If, as yeah. if we don't have enough of those. I don't know if it's technically time travel, but it's something. It's, it's like something he doesn't. He, he doesn't has, die? Yeah, it's like he doesn't die, but also Russell Crowe doesn't die. And then they <laughs> they all just live forever. But they just still try to kill each other. Cause isn't I think like Russell Crowe's trying to kill him. Yeah. But you would think that he would give up at some point because he's not dying. Yeah, and do, and do something else. I think they're all yeah. just like Highlanders or something. And I hope that that's what it turns into. <laughs> it's a Highlander. Like they kept, like the, yeah, they, they kept that out of the trailer. And then at, at like the forty-five minute mark, everyone just bust out swords, <laughs> and it's just an epic sword fight <laughs> for the last hour. That'd be awesome. What are you thinking on Winner's Tale? Um, you have no idea how happy I am that this is finally out because I don't have to see any more of that fucking trailer. And I'm going to say it's going to be like a, uh, damn it, 34. 34? Okay, I'm going to go, I'll say 41, which is the same that I'm predicting as RoboCop. Both 41 this week. I would like to see a crossover of Winter's Tale and RoboCop. Ooh, Winter's and, RoboCop Tale. Yeah, <laughs> with, with the Highlander. With the Highlander. Aspect, with the Highlander aspect in there. Nice. I think, be, I think it'd be fantastic. Also, in limited release, we have the the New Black, which is a documentary that I saw saw that a while back. I think there's a I have a review for that up on the site about last night. Uh, don't know anything about that. Isn't that another? Um, oh, what's that guy's name? Kevin Hart. Isn't that another Kevin Hart movie? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's not good. 
Endless Love, which I don't know anything about. Adult World, that's one with, uh, what's her name? But it was both Emma Roberts and the other dude from American Horror Story. John Cusack? <laughs> no. <laughs> the kid. I know. What is that kid's name? I don't know. Um, they're, I think that they're like engaged. Emma Roberts and that dude are engaged. Evan, Evan Peters? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Evan Peters? It looks, uh, I don't know. That could be, could be interesting. It's not going to be. Probably not. Date and Switch? Ooh. It's about uh, two two best friends that vow no. to lose their virginity by prom night, and then it turns out that one of them is gay. Oh my god! And their friendship is tested. So put to the test, then they <laughs> learn from each other. They're, they are, and then like, they find out that they've been in love with each other the entire time. <laughs> I hope so bad that <laughs> that is the end. <laughs> Oh, uh, it does have Nick Offerman in it? And yeah, Gary Cole got some Gary Cole action in there. I haven't seen a trailer or anything. Maybe it's maybe it's funny. I don't know. Uh, Easy Money, Hard to Kill. Joel Kinnaman in two movies premiering next oh, week. Kinnaman Weekend. I think that that is the third movie in that series. I think it's like uh, maybe I don't know. Who knows? No. And finally, Down and Dangerous, which I don't know anything about, but. We'll probably have a review for that up next week. <laughs> Down and dangerous. Um, video on demand next week. We have the returned, which is a uh, kind of a there's kind of an interesting looking zombie movie. We'll have a review for that up as well. Adult World, Dayton Switch, and Down and Dangerous. Down and Dangerous also has Judd Nelson. Oh shit, Judd. Ugh, which means you're watching that son of a bitch. Unfortunately, I am. We have, He's going to act all over it. it. He's going to act so hard all over that movie. And his mustache. Ah, <laughs> oh, he has a mustache? Yeah. That's a terrible life. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if he has one in that movie, but in Nurse, he definitely did. Next mm. week on DVD and Blu-ray, we have The Adventurer, The Curse of the Midas Box. What? Yeah. <laughs> they tried to send us this movie, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Midas box. There's some people like Michael Sheen's in that. There's there's some people in it, but it looks so bad. Like the adventurer. I don't I don't know what that's all about. Uh, all is lost, which I recommend checking out. You recommend that one? Yeah, I do. I actually want to revisit that one. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. <clears throat> the Armstrong Lie, which I'm very curious to see. Uh, Austin Land, which. Both get we we both give that hearty recommendations. I'm sure. <laughs> I am a huge Austin fan. I cannot wait for this comedy. It looks like a treasure. Best Man Holiday, which looks bad, but I actually heard good things about it. So maybe from who? From critics. who? Critics. Who? What critics? Various critics on the interweb. Lies. I've never seen, I never saw the first one, so, like, the first time I saw the trailer, I didn't even realize it was a sequel. Oh, it's a sequel? Yeah. No. Plus, I know it's Morris Chestnut. Yeah. That's all I know. Uh, The Counselor, which has a really terrible Blu-ray cover. I don't know what they were thinking with that one. You want to get all those people in there. (laughs) Get all those faces in there. I heard, I mean, the movie looks terrible as well, so. Yes, it does. It looks god awful. Uh, Diana, 
Whatever happened oh. to that? Did that even come out? <laughs> like, oh, I don't think it did. And I know I, that it was I like... I remember it getting destroyed. Yeah, like critics destroyed that one, which is kind of funny. But Ender's Game, which I actually liked, so I, I do recommend Ender's seeing Game. that. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed that movie. It's, it's nothing great, but it's you know there, there's some fun to be had with it. Haunter, the Vincenzo Natale one with Abigail Breslin. Saw that at South yeah. by last year. Didn't like it too much. Mm. Disappointed. It doesn't look good. I did. He has a new web series, or I guess it's not a web series. It's it's on TV in Canada, but they they released the first episode on the internet. It's like a horror anthology series, sort of like I guess Tales from the Crypt or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Uh, I watched the first one. I can't remember the name of it. It's terrible. It's called like Dark Darknet Files or something. That sounds. It's good. It's good though. It's it's actually a remake of a Japanese series. Oh, okay, okay. But it's a uh, the first episode was quite good. You can check that out. How I Live Now, which I didn't yeah. like at all. Uh, wasn't was that cousin? Mm-hmm. Cousins. Cousin on cousin first, on cousin action. First cousins. First Do cousins it. getting down. Doing it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have. Pussy Riot, A Punk Prayer. I, I recommend that one. That one's good. We we interviewed the director of that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Directors? I think we interviewed like three people for that one. It's like a whole... It was like a family affair. It's a whole big thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, check that out. Um, And then Wajda. Wajda. I want to see this. I I have an interest. Yeah, I definitely have an interest in seeing I just It's extremely uh, interesting. The production. Yeah production aspect of it filmed entirely in saudi arabia by a woman by a woman van. yeah a from, van. A van. from a van i'm out in a van i'm out in a van making a movie come I'm on just hanging, i'm just hanging out this van <laughs> making a movie no big deal just the first movie ever don't worry yeah, about it that's awesome don't make a big thing about it or anything <laughs> uh any others that are coming out that i miss there's actually no criterions which is I think that they had to take a break to get amped up for next week. All right, that'll do it. Follow us film news reviews. Visit us at filmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net. Be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. I'm Kevin. And we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie. Dude, all wiped out. It's got Mark Marin, Dustin Diamond, Eve, and Metal World Peace. What more do you need?